0: hello Hello, hi and welcome to dose of truth podcast number 10 already
1: (laughs) we're already on a roll that's insane right i know it's mad lots of lots of really hard work that we're doing getting this together our ideas Mm. and i hope people are enjoying this yeah yeah if you if you are uh listening you support us by subscribing, liking, sharing, or you can go to uh, onthegotarot.com and uh, support my work. There, You can just click on that. And yeah. you can support by PayPal, Patreon, and even um, currency I've got a Litecoin there, I think. <laughs> Bitcoin. So, you know, there are always ways to support Eloise and I uh, Doing this work, yeah, getting it out there to everyone.
0: Yeah, and if you want to drop us an email and ha- kind of have a chat or ask us a question or propose something for a podcast, you can at info at doseoftruthtarot dot com, and we will respond to you when we get a moment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Perfect. usually pretty quick, but give us sometimes a few days when, especially now in the holiday season. Oh yeah. yeah so happy holidays oh. to everyone. It's so all beginning Thanksgiving in the States and you know, into all the December holidays as well. So. Yeah, the festivities. The new year, all, you know, we're not far from the new year. That's, uh, that's pretty amazing, right? <laughs> it is bonkers.
0: I realized the other day there's only a month left till the uh, winter
1: solstice here. Exactly.
0: Wow, already? When did that happen?
1: <laughs> already is right. That's my
0: Anyway, today we thought we'd talk about your journey as a seeker.
1: Yeah, we'll do a little uh, a little review of that. I mean, it's a long story by now. Uh, oh, you've got hours. Yeah. For... <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs> well, I was born in the 1960s, so that's, uh, that seems like a long time ago. Mm. Uh, and I was certainly very influenced by you know the you know flower power and peace and and just bringing harmony to the world and um yeah and there were a little few little i guess in those days might have been strange things about me um though it's very common you know most people you know who do energy work or are intuitive uh, really relate to this that you know they sense things Um, before they happened you know so I was um, sensing things before they happened but mostly when it came to came to people I could just really uh, tune in so of course as a little kid two three years old I didn't know what empathy was Um, so it and I've even had myself um, I've done the big five uh, personality test Uh, very interesting by Jordan Peterson. And uh, I think I, if I'm correct, I come out like 98% empathy and, you know, really 95 and above for empathy and compassion. So kind of really self-evident that um, being highly empathetic, um, you know, is picking up on things people don't um, necessarily think they're revealing to the world, right? As a, as a tarot reader, one of the funniest things, I always, I always found quite hilarious. With it. some people would come and sit down at my table, and they and they just they just put their fingers across their mouth to say I'm, oh, not, yeah. saying anything, I'm so. not saying anything. I'm not saying. Yes, so you'll know nothing about me, right?
0: And, yeah,
1: but that tells um, you so much. And I kind of sit there and go, Oh, thank God. Because yeah. it's so much easier to uh, read someone uh, when they're not speaking than when they're speaking. Because <laughs> <Yeah>, <it, laughs> what people say about themselves isn't necessarily uh, awareness of what they're, they're really doing. Usually it's just a bunch yeah. of thoughts, right? So, of course, I didn't know this as a kid, but I certainly saw clearly you know, what people suffered, if they were malevolent, if their passive aggressiveness was going to turn um, vengeful or, Mm -hmm. um, well, you could say malevolence as well, but there's also, um, gosh, I've lost the word for the moment, but uh, resentment, right? So you you could see this really clearly, or even um, people who were uh, people pleasers, and how that led to uh, passive aggression, and you you could never really figure out what they were going to do next because they're not forthright with their word. They they transgiver uh, they they transgiverate. I think that's the right word, and or transgiversate, uh, and you know just avoid clear cut speech because people please just don't want to say anything you don't like. In any case, you know over the years, understanding that. Um, clarifies what I was experiencing in childhood. So I spent a lot of time really young reading Freud and reading um, Carl Rogers. um, Young, especially the archetypes. And um, as well as Eastern uh, philosophers like Krishnamurti, you wouldn't really call it necessarily philosophy. It's more like, you know, self-inquiry. And Krishnamurti was my favorite. So, you know, I was reading him in 1971, right? So I, I really couldn't understand why we were so conflicted. You know, I was going through some of my journals from when I was young. It's like, what is all this conflict, conflict, conflict? And I wasn't talking about the external conflict I understood that external conflict was a byproduct of internal conflict that I have no idea how I understood that. I, mm. I go back through my life and I, I keep trying to figure out when did I make this assessment? You know, how, how did I figure out that my internal conflict was, was what causes external conflict. And secondarily I knew that if I changed myself, um, if I became more self-aware that I would change the entire world. Again, I don't know how I knew that, but you can mm. you can just see it everywhere. And you know, Jordan Peterson, who I greatly admire, he's kind of speaks, it's like a man who's risen in the last two years to huge fame. And you know, I started to him about five, six, seven years ago whenever he first came on the scene. Um, with his his videos I kind of went oh my God here's a man who's who's experienced a lot of uh, of things that I've experienced not everything he's done things differently but hmm. um, definitely I related to so much that he was doing and um, of course there's there's another person who came into my life in 2005 who he was, who was in real time and she also, um, Deals with, with conflict through self inquiry. So, I was seeking, you know, I was seeking. It's, it's so fascinating. There's um, two people out there. They're both my heroes in the world. And <laughs> other uh, than me, obviously. Pardon me?
0: Other than me, obviously. Other
1: than you, obviously. <laughs> so, these, exactly. you know, I, yeah.
0: I had gone. It's amazing, isn't it, to connect with when you connect with those people that make such a massive impact it 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 was also
1: um, it was like coming home actually yeah it was it, it wasn't this big as we say in french bouleversement you know this big turn around it was just <gasps> i just i just came home mm. right like the the place you you land in that really beautiful comfortable down um mattress, you know, with a gorgeous comforter. Uh, You know, that feeling after you're tired and you lay down. That's exactly what it felt like Mm -hmm. the moment I met Esther. And again, just hearing Jordan Peterson, I actually got to shake his hand. I met him in a restaurant. You know, I acted like a complete blithering idiot. Uh, (laughs) I couldn't say anything, you know, so much I wanted to sit down and talk to him about. Instead, I acted like a starstruck moron. Um, So uh, kind, of well, <laughs> <laughs> kind of blew it there kind of blew it there you know just kind of like oh I'm a big fan I'm a big fan That's all. <laughs> like, you know it's just completely star-struck. you'll
0: see him again <laughs> <laughs>
1: completely <laughs> starstruck um, but I have you know gone to many other teachers throughout my life you know I started taking courses in my teens I took still the method of mind control um and that was in my in the late seventies, and then, you know, just studying like crazy, reading every book. I was reading a book a day that I could get my hands on to understand things I didn't understand about myself. You know, when I was younger, I'd read uh, Dostoevsky and Young and Freud and you know uh, Lermontov and all these all these great. Great writers. I was always mm. bored by fiction. I, I can probably name on my fingers how many um, you know romantic. I, I hated romances. I I didn't like you know your trash novel. I I actually bought a little you know sort of a sci-fi a couple of months ago, and it's still sitting on the shelf half read. You know I just. Can't get through it. It's really good. Yeah. Like, I do love science fiction. So, uh, there are yeah. some great authors of science fiction, but if it's a little bit, you know, on the trashy side, it, I I never was able to read things like that. And for sure them, but, you know, really um, the great novels, um, the great, great novels of our time, those are, you know, even if there, there is one, Middle March. Uh, that I read as well. That was a, you know, a wonderful book to read. Um, yeah, I read a lot. My mother was huge influence. She she read, I think, a book a day for most of her life. Now that she's a little bit older, she doesn't read as much, but um, she does read a lot. You know, you'll see her constantly with a book. And so it was a huge influence on us, right, to, to have books. I used to walk around, you know, walk to work. It was about nine kilometers to get to work. And I would you know, walk nine kilometers, read half the book, and then on the way home, read the other half <laughs> while I was walking. So, so reading was really, really important. Um, of course, through my, my illness recently, where I got lead poisoning, that was very difficult to do because the brain wasn't working very well. So um, now that I'm healing, it's, it's wonderful to get back to some reading. I don't read as voraciously as I did. It takes me a longer time. but uh, And, you know, as they say about Gemini's, right, they're always reading five or six books. So if you looked around my house today, you'd see six, seven books you know, mm. opened no, up I'm and, gonna... you know, bunny-eared. And, um, so, yeah, I did a lot of seeking through what I I guess I always referred to them as the original text. I was never really... I read a lot of books that People wrote about things like, you know, wrote about the first principles or wrote about universal laws and, you know, let's say Deepak Chopra or things like that, and they never really um, did it for me so I actually stopped doing that, um, unless something really attracted me and I just went back to, you know, original texts, you know, like the Bhagavad Gita or the the Sutras, that kind of thing. Hmm. And still have a lot to read, you know. <laughs> I've got the Vedanta sitting on my shelf, and I've got a few that, you know, these tomes that I've I've had on my shelves um, that I haven't been able to read during this, and um, I'm really excited to start doing that. In any case, this this took me to looking for a teacher, so. You know i tried everything i i tried buddhism i i went to india i went to the and he's he's dead now he's passed away but um you know i went to him for a few months and uh to his stoa in cyprus and would sit there and listen to him channel john the beloved um yeah it yeah, was a lot of cool stuff but still still the, the answers weren't the the answers didn't come though i did uh, for a period all the way to 32 years old um very intense years of meditation and i also you know like let's say i came up with a um read something so one of them was mind manifest matter and um yeah i meditated on that or thought about it and thought it through for many, many years. I'm not going to go into all the meanings that that I came up with and faulty meanings as well uh, to to a deeper understanding. But it, it, when I when I came upon something, it took me really long to figure it out. Um, I had to mull it through in different ways till I finally found. Oh, no, I, I think I got it. I think I know what that actually means now. Even mm. the burning bush, I am that I am. You know, there there was a, a vibrational understanding when I was, when I was a kid. Um, but it, it took a really long time for that to sort of be instantiated in all of my cells. Mm. To, to really understand I am that I am meant that there was no I am something afterwards. It had to clarify through um, the validation process, experiential process, that um, anything that you put after "I am" is is a mask or a limitation. So that 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 was huge as well. So I, I did those things for years. I didn't just do something ha- a piecemeal. Whatever I I got into, I, I don't you know maybe it's part of personality. I I become dedicated to it. I can't. I can't let it go, which means I have a lot more to explore than I haven't explored, (laughs) years to explore it, especially if you have an illness in between that that kind of takes you out. And, uh, you know, doesn't allow you to do all the wonderful things, but actually shows you something else that you've been doing that hurts you. So you know my, my travels to Vaschyus was wonderful, and then later on, around uh, 35 I was 35 years old, I decided I wanted to go live in Greece. and um, yeah, I ended up spending six months there and then six months in Paris. So that was a that was wonderful exploration, but it really really brought me to an understanding that, you know weather's not going to change uh, my life) um, <laughs> It prompted to an understanding that, you know, the place isn't necessarily important. It can be, you know, there there are certain influences of latitude and longitude, but what really became important to me was what gave me meaning. That's that's what made me excited or or enthusiastic to get up in the morning. So, I moved back home, and you know, became my my practice here. And, hmm. you know, a couple of years later that, you know, here I was working quite a bit, m- mostly doing tarot reading, uh, Reiki, figuring out different, uh, different ways of helping others. And finally, I said, I, I got yeah. so a, a friend of my sister's uh, was on the phone one day, this 1998. And she said, how's that? how things are going? And I go, I'm just a little bit bored. Mm. Uh, you know, really busy, but it's not right. And she said, that doesn't sound good. And I went, you're darn like That doesn't sound good. You know what? I'm leaving. I'm gonna yeah. you. Yeah, I had I had done a, show, a, bit of a backtrack moment in my in my twenties. I had waited on death for about uh, 10 years, maybe. And what I was doing was to make sure that I understand you well. Know, I should be uh, doing what I want to do so there's no regret. And I don't mean just running around saying, I want this or I want that. I mean, with deep meaning, right? If, if I'm yeah. unhappy where I am, something's not right. And, you know, begin to figure out what it is you need to do. So in that moment, I said, yes, yeah, something's missing. So I, you know, within three weeks, I think, or a month, I was in India, and that experience was was incredible. I thought I need a teacher. I just need a teacher, and I went to every temple we could possibly get to, every every ashram. I mean, we were just going everywhere, <laughs> and it just wasn't right, you know. I was with the you know up in doing three refuges with the Dalai Lama, and it was a beautiful experience. Um, and, you know, I got to have audience with him, which was, you know, really powerful. Uh, but it still didn't didn't give me the answers. But, and the answers were all about what's this conflict that's going on. And I came back and I said, all right, so maybe there's no teacher for me. And when I got back, what was interesting is I was gone six months. And I thought, wow, you know, this is a big sacrifice you're making to go. I mean, I didn't take, lightly because once I left I could you know completely dissolve my practice I'd be 38 years old which is quite a bit older um, and I would basically you know leave my practice and that that's a huge choice to make yeah and and, uh, when I got back to my pleasant surprise uh, I had I called the the place that I was working in and I said, look, I'm back. I don't know if you need me. And I said, of course we need you. You've got a lineup of people waiting for you. <laughs> and I was like, wow, well, okay. <laughs> that's that's quite wonderful. All right, that's good. So from there it was course developments, you know, any it, creatively, it was just so much fun to create different things and and help people, help people out. And of course, learning myself, right, all the time. And in in 2002, I think it was, I found uh, the body tuck system, and that really did two things. One, it took the pressure off me because I was I was born a, um, i guess a natural healer. So when somebody would sit in front of me, I would see this binary wheel open up so like a line between myself and the person I was working with and then this big huge wheel would open up and it would be in red and these drawers would open up and let's say the drawer would say past life uh mother liver whatever it said and I would Mm -hmm. take the, the what I wouldn't do anything it would just coagulate or cohesed together go into my heart and then i'd see the wheel turn green and it basically (laughs) i would work it out in my yeah i was well it was just so natural in a way for Mm -hmm. me to do it maybe it was unnatural too but um it just seemed natural it's just what i've been always doing since i was a child so i didn't really know any other way and when at this point my cousin called me up and mentioned a buddy talk and I, and she's gonna take that healing, personal healing out of the way, it's an actual system. And of course, her speaking, I just went, oh, wow, this is, this sounds really good. So I signed up right away and did, um, I think at the time, you know, I did five different modules in, um, in two months or three months. <laughs> Um, I was well on my way, but one of the coolest things that happened was I received a session from someone who did some past life work, it's chakra, and I got up and my personality changed. So one of the Mm. things that, um, which is a subject I really like to talk about is people pleasing. I, you know, I was certainly very uh, habituated and my automatic behavior was to people, and, you know, I saw I've a group never of... heard of
0: anyone doing that.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so, so I walked out of the room and there were a group of women, you know, looking for a place. And I overheard it. Now, at the same time, people are waiting for me and I'm in a bit of a rut. And I was about to stop, as I would usually start explaining it to them, even if I had to walk there. I do this all the time, i stop on the street for people just constantly these things and i would even make myself late or you know stress myself to help people out and all of a sudden my body sort of went nice and straight and you're you know they can handle it right they can handle it themselves they're grown women they can do this without you and I was like, wow, it's so arrogant of me to think people can't do things without me, right? <laughs> and I just bopped off, you know, I just, you know, hopped down the stairs, right. ran down the stairs, and I went, wow. And and I was so shocked. I was completely shocked that, you know, just this, there's a technique called active memory as well. And uh, I just was completely shocked that I, I didn't do it. The drive or the, the addiction to help people was so strong. I, I could never break that, that link. So I knew I was onto something super powerful. And yeah, this, this weird thing happened after really strange. Um, I find this wonderful system that's helping me out, but another part of me comes upset or depressed. I would say, because I had been working so diligently with belief systems and, you know, people's defenses and um, helping them to see how their beliefs were actually um, the very, that were limiting their perception. So I did a lot of work. It was called Shift Your Perspective. You know, we always did this work on Mm -hmm. Shift Your Perspective. That's what I would do. Uh, with people. And I had this sense that maybe I was too obsessed with that work. Maybe I was mistaken, maybe. And I couldn't, I really couldn't figure it out. I, I just thought maybe all of this time, working so diligently, really, we don't need to do that. We just, we just tap it out of ourselves. So this went on for a few years and a woman calls me up named Sherry Carpenter to go to Toronto and take breaks. Mm. And uh, yeah, it wasn't too long after the first talk that I knew exactly what was going on. And in that moment I went from, you know, this really upset that I thought I was completely insane for all the work I've been doing so, since I was a little kid right this is you know I started thinking about beliefs and how people could shift if you just didn't believe that or realized it was a lie uh, even called the game spot my lie you know you am gonna tell you a story mm-hmm. and spot my lie this is what I used to <laughs> do with people and of course they didn't necessarily get what I mean and so you know years and years people not getting what you mean some people yes some people no. I, I tried all kinds of techniques there were some that you know I, i'd record the conversation they'd have with people and that worked really well it would us, oh my god i don't you i don't hear anything you're saying all i'm doing is defending myself i've realized a lot of things just by listening to these recordings and they would have their own <laughs> sort of they'd have these shifts in perspective right but yeah. some people wouldn't listen to the recording, you know. I had this policy: you're allowed to see me three times maximum. If you don't listen to the recording, I know because, oh, yeah. and uh, I would tell them, you, "You can't see me anymore. I'm not doing this. It's too too much work." In any case, so uh, of course, this this work called Breakthrough okay. was exactly what I had been doing. So I I went well. I guess I'm not completely insane. And of course, that that brought me into being what I am today. One of the things you do, I am, but do, is senior instructor of uh, Breakthrough. uh, Also, you know, teaching uh, something called responsibility. I do a lot of different work that's powerful. They tell me it is, and they love it, and see a lot of shifting. um, yeah, I've been doing that for many, many years. So that's kind of a little synopsis of my of my seeking. I mean, the more you the more you listen to these podcasts, you'll probably hear way more stories about me and stories about my mom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's basically a little synopsis of how I got here, and you know, all this interest that that I are going through to yeah to use creativity right Um, to do something different than we've been doing you know that it after years and years let's let's get the work out to more people it's wonderful to work one-on-one but it's also wonderful to help more people in the world around the world right who who need this kind of work who need to hear about it who who um yeah will benefit from it which i hope that People will benefit from what we're doing.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty wonderful stuff, and you're a wonderful teacher.
1: Thank you, darling, and so are you.
0: <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, thank you for sharing your journey. I think it's it's always fascinating when you look back on what you've done to be where you're at, and how it always makes complete sense.
1: It does retrospectively. How all pieces needed to come together, right? Yeah, you know you're you're looking for, and of course, coming to today, you know it's so simple to see that you didn't need to go through any of it. It's one of my favorite movies is um, is The Wizard of Oz, right? And that last scene where she says, "Well." Always knew it, dear, but you had to figure it out yourself. <laughs> now, I probably had a huge, those, those words probably had a huge influence on me, you know, that I knew that I had to figure it out myself and seeking help, you know, and it's, it, 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 it like we said earlier, it's not so much the help, but it's finding those people who are doing the same kind of, which brings you home and then together. You know, it's not that somebody does it for you or,
0: yeah. you know, many years
1: ago I saw Soigyal Riche and and I think I said that right. He wrote the Tibetan book of living and dying and he, Mm -hmm. he gave us a beautiful weekend, right? So two, I think it was two or three whole days of listening to him talk. And at the end, one woman got up and said, it feels so good to be here with you, but what's going to happen when we go back to our lives tomorrow? And you say, well, that's, that's the thing. You've got to take this back in your life. <laughs> and, you know, nobody can do that for you. And no, I can't sit here and, you know, through the the bottle. I <laughs> didn't say that, but, you know, I thought, you know, this is, this is the reason why we come to these things is to figure out what we're um, not doing in a way to actually, uh, resolve the conflicts
0: yeah you know and we, then take responsibility for using it not just go oh that was a nice weekend right or evil
1: or even worse that here's the weekend but i want to be codependent on the teacher yeah mm-hmm. you know, that's that's not that's not what the teacher is that that would be a nursemaid or a, yeah or you could have the other side that's the right There's mm. uh, to determine the difference between a cult leader and someone who's who's teaching you something is that they tell you go and do it. Yeah, don't, don't you can do me. it.
0: Right, fly. Ducklings.
1: You don't. You don't need me. You <laughs> can come back to me when you when you get stuck somewhere, and I'll give you another tool. But no, I have my own life. I don't need to to rely on on you coming. Right? And you don't need to rely on me. That mm. and that. <laughs> that always, you know, when people say, you know, are are these spiritual things a cult? I said, I don't know what spiritual means. I have no idea what that means. But, <laughs> um, you know, it, it depends whether you give away your power or not. You can turn anything into a cult if you give away your power. There's always yeah. somebody who's willing to be in a codependent dance with you. Yeah. And, you know, trying to uh live autonomous no not trying but living autonomously needs a lot of courage to do that so it's one thing to find the teacher but the teacher's not your not your um not the teat you suck off of <laughs> well it's, it's a big difference between going to the teacher okay. and he's he, he or she is the is the teat you suck off of versus you're going to the teacher and the teacher hands you some tools and says, okay, go do it now. Yeah. This is your life. Go live your life. I, I remember that there was this guy. Um, I, I met him somewhere, I think at a temple or one of these groups. And he was, he was pretty angry. Mm. And I said, "What? why are you so angry? He said, because I've been doing this work for many years. And I went to my, um, my guru in india i can't remember who it was and i was so devoted to him that i went home and i i sold my house i left my kids wow and i came to india to be under him and i got there and i said here i'm here i'm devoted to you and the the, the guru said go home yeah go home and you know, of course, he kept searching because he was looking for someone to feed off of, instead mm. of living his life. I hope he's realized that that's not a a good thing. But for him, or his family, you know, yeah, his family, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? It's like I'm going to up and leave my wife and kids to go and almost please myself. It's it's a uh, strange
1: strange dynamic no i think i think a lot of people do that right not not that particular story but Mm. you know Mm. depending on um you know husband and wife you know the, the husband and wives either you know have this great dynamic where they support each other yeah. Uh or you find they're at odds in conflict trying to force each other to be the thing they want you to be which again is another form of depend- codependency. Yeah. And there are people who just go well I'm just going to leave and they never really I mean there are other variations but be, when you when you look at struggling marriages um
0: that we could do a whole podcast on. Marriages. Yes you could. Yeah. Um
1: <laughs> maybe
0: there, next week yeah
1: they'll yeah maybe we'll just save that for next week yeah but you can you can see a lot of codependency even even when someone wants to be independent they're codependent right yeah mm-hmm. yeah so we could you know it's a great topic for next time
0: yeah let's look at that next time all right well
1: that's all I have to say today <laughs> we might find more to say in another day but for now (laughs) i'm going to say goodbye to everyone and have a lovely day
0: okay have a great week everyone Bye. bye